0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I'm so glad that you're taking the time to tune in to this episode. And I just want to say how great it is to be to be back. Um, me and my wife, Estella, we just had our son, Josiah, a couple months ago. We're approaching three months in October already. He's He's growing so fast, he's getting so big. So I was on a little bit of a hiatus for... A few weeks as I started getting back into work and my ministry here at Canyon View, I, I wanted to kind of make sure I found my rhythm again before I started doing this, doing the podcast again, since it's technically just a nice extra hobby that I do. But I'm excited to get back to it. We have been, the last season of Thursday Thoughts, we went through the book of Proverbs. We didn't go through necessarily chapter by chapter, verse by verse, but we we went over you know, some of the main themes of Proverbs and just how Proverbs can be read today and how we can use it today. Because again, the goal of this podcast is to hopefully to help us, you know, for those for those of us that are Christians, to help us, you know, read the Bible and see how it applies to our lives today and to learn about the texts. And then if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this podcast, the goal is I hope that you would learn about Jesus and that you would learn about what it means to be a Christian and that You would eventually place your faith in Christ. And so, without further ado, let me introduce this new season of Thursday Thoughts. For this new season of Thursday Thoughts, we are going to be talking about 1 John, well, really, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. We're going to be looking at the epistles of John and studying them. I really, I really enjoy all three of these epistles, especially 1 John, because. I'm going to go ahead and say something. I'm going to say it again here in a minute, but I just want to make it clear. If if someone ever asked you to summarize 1 John, the best way to summarize it would be to say John is writing to remind Christians that Jesus was real, as in like a real person. He was fully man and fully God. And the things that John writes about, he writes to show what real Christianity looks like. He says... You know, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, real Christians do this, 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 and this. And people who are not real Christians will do this, 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 and this. And so John, if you read 1 John, basically you should see what a real Christian looks like and what a pretender looks like, if you will. Uh, There's a famous book, uh, Kyle Eidelman, I believe is his name. Uh, His book is called Not a Fan, and the book is about, basically, a lot of people are fans of Jesus, and they... You know, they, they like to sit on on the sidelines and wave and cheer about Jesus, but a lot of people aren't followers of Jesus. Basically a lot of people like the stuff that Jesus has to say and like what the Bible is, but they don't change their lives to live the way Jesus tells them to. And so that's kind of what his book's about. And in in a way, that's kind of what first John is about. And we're obviously we're gonna start with First John, at least the first chapter of First John today. So before we jump into the textual study, I just want to quickly introduce 1st John. And so, you know, today, you know, maybe you don't know a lot about 1st John. You know, if any if there's anything we know about 1st John, it's probably 1st John chapter 4 about he who does not love does not know God because God is love, right? Most of us probably know that passage. This letter speaks authoritatively about the truth of the incarnation a message John's doubting readers needed to hear after false teachers were denying the full divinity and humanity of Christ. It reaffirms the core of Christianity, saying that we either exhibit the sound doctrine, obedience, and love that characterizes all Christians, or else we are not true Christians. As I was saying earlier, that's basically what his letter is about. In this letter, John speaks against false teachers who question Jesus' divine and human nature. And his response is loud and clear. Jesus is fully God and fully man. One of the major themes of 1 John is love. John lovingly shows that a distorted view of Jesus has dangerous consequences. A life of disobedience, injustice, and apathy. John teaches his audience how to discern falsehood from truth. People who claim to know God yet are unloving show by their actions that they don't really know God. Right? We just did. we talked about that. That's 1 John 4, 7, and 8. As people know God more, they live in a more selfless way, offering kindness to other people and showing compassion to those in need. They're transformed. Christians respond to God's love with gratitude, offering the same forgiveness and love toward others. As believers, we are called to flee from the darkness that is evil and instead walk in the light of God. We are called to live as people who are truly saved by Jesus, loving with everything we have. That's basically a summary of 1 John. So, technically, 1 John is anonymous, which means that no one really, in the writing, there's no pointing to an author, but tradition, Christian tradition, ascribes the authorship to John the Apostle. And so, without further ado, let's jump into some Bible study. We're going to read the first four verses of 1 John chapter 1, starting in verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete or your your joy may be complete depending on your translation. So in 1 John chapter 1 verse 1, John begins with the phrase that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands. Instead of saying who, this epistle uses that, right? He says that which we have seen. That which was from the beginning, not he who was from the beginning or who was from the beginning, the term that is broader than the word who. Basically, it's including the person and the message of Jesus Christ. It's not just saying Jesus, it's saying the things that he taught. The gospel is true, right? Jesus himself is the gospel. The gospel that was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen, which we have believed. That's kind of what John's getting at. As in John's gospel, John begins this letter with the word, and by the word, he means the embodiment of God's revelation in the person of Jesus. What this means is that the Son existed from the beginning with God, but became incarnate or physical, enabling his followers to see, hear, and touch him, thereby confirming his genuine humanity. First John chapter 1, verse 2, so verse 2 tells us, Uh, the people who witness Jesus, right, their new role is to testify to what they have experienced, that Jesus is the bringer of eternal life. Verse 2 undergirds the fact that Jesus Christ is eternal life in that it announces that Christ was in God the Father's presence from eternity past. It's kind of implied that is the truth that God revealed about Jesus to John and his eyewitness associates that he's talking about here in verse 2 and so we see that as Christians from what John says here in verse 2 you know the life that was made manifest and we have seen it you know we may not have been there to physically see Jesus but where we, we take eyewitness accounts such as John here right because John's talking about you know I've seen Jesus that's what he's saying here I've looked at him I've touched him I've seen him I've heard him and so what is our role as Christians today according to verse two to testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life. So in other words, our job as Christians is to tell others about Jesus. In verse three, John is writing to address a division in the community, right? And it seems that the sequence of verbs leading up to verse three places emphasis on seeing, right? Well we listen to some of these words, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have beheld. The life that was revealed and we have seen and bore witness. The eternal life which was with the Father and was revealed to us. That's all in verse 3. In effect, John highlights the reality of the incarnation of the word of life by the giving first place to seeing. John proclaims the incarnate Jesus Christ to his readers in order that they also should have fellowship with him. So whenever we're talking about the incarnation of Jesus, we're basically meaning how Jesus came and lived as a human being. I, I just realized some of you may not understand exactly what that word means. So incarnation basically just means that Jesus came. The Son of God came and actually lived as a human being on earth. And so that's what John is saying. John is obviously having to address the fact, because the people have been hearing other teachings, false teachings about Jesus, Um we'll get more about, we'll talk more about who these false teachers are in later episodes, but specifically, John is trying to remind people that Jesus was real. Jesus actually lived. Jesus actually went about and, you know, did things as a human. Uh, That sounds very familiar today. You know, we may not necessarily be combating false teaching all the time. Sometimes we do about Jesus, but you know, this day and age uh, a way in which we have to make sure that we proclaim the incarnation of Jesus that he was an actual human being is just uh in a, for an apologetics sake. You know, to just you know, tell people that Jesus was a real person. He did actually live. And so that's part of our job as Christians. And then in verse 4, John concludes his prologue by saying the net result of community of fellowship will be joy that joy may be complete uh, which is really important and we'll we'll discuss that here in a minute after we do some text study so now let's read verses 5 through 10 through the end of the chapter so starting in verse 5 this is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness we lie and do not practice the truth So now let's talk about these verses, and let's break this down. 1 John one five implies that God originated the message delivered by Jesus Christ. So God is the author of the message that Jesus brought, which is what Jesus basically said in the Gospels. <laughs> John switches his attention to God after having announced that he is writing to his audience concerning the incarnate Son of God, the Word of Life, so that they may persevere in their fellowship and joy with the apostolic eyewitnesses. God is light. Here in verse 5 we see God is light, and it's a common metaphor in the Old Testament and Jewish literature for God's perfection. You can look at Psalm chapter 4 verse 6, Isaiah chapter 60 verses 1 and 2, God's light serves as a beacon for righteousness and leads others to Him. Psalm twenty-seven, verse one. First John, chapter one, verses six through seven. It connects kind of all of this message: uh, it, the message, fellowship, living in the light, and the purification from our sin. John begins here. His warning of what they must do to protect their souls. It seems as though John's opponents claim to have fellowship with God, which is why he uses the metaphor of light and darkness to show what true fellowship is. And so, how does this apply to us today? There are a lot of people who say that they are Christians. Right? There are a lot of people who say that uh, they say that they have fellowship with God and fellowship with the church while they walk in darkness. In other words, you know, there are a lot of people who come to church, there are a lot of people who claim to be Christians, but they live sinful lifestyles, and they walk in darkness. And they're not truly acknowledging Jesus as Lord and God as the God of their life. And so this is a very relevant message today, and so we have to always watch ourselves and be sure of what we're doing, that we are walking in the light as He is in the light. Because if we do that, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and with him, and Jesus' blood cleanses us from sin. And so that's verses 8 through 10 now. That's where John kind of gets to in his discussion. He says, every person should admit to themselves and God that they are sinful. Right, Romans 3.23, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. John's opponents apparently claimed that they did not have sin and therefore did not need to be cleansed. God is faithful with respect to his promises. He will purify us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10 concludes John's refute to the false teachers. We must be aware of not having an unrepentant attitude. And so, in other words, 1 John chapter 1 can basically be summarized as John's testimony that Jesus Christ came in the flesh and is the true means to experiencing fellowship with God. That is the New Covenant. And so right here in these last few verses, if you will, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. You know, I I really genuinely believe that most Christians would tell you that they are sinful. And so that's good. At least I hope they would. Um, And notice the promise that God gives us or that John tells us that God and Jesus give us in verse nine, uh, in First John one nine, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, verse ten, if we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and the truth is not in us. And so, the difference between you know verses eight and ten sound like they're saying the same thing. Well, I think really what it's showing it's the two part consequence of not taking our sins seriously and thinking that we are sinless. The first part is we deceive ourselves, and then God's truth won't be in us. And then the second part of if we try to say we haven't sinned or don't have sin, then we're making him a liar. Then we're calling God a liar, calling Jesus a liar, and therefore his word can't be in us. And so we are sinful, and that's okay. And you may ask the question, what does John mean by walking in the light? You know, walking in the light, you know, if God is light, that means there and in him there is no darkness at all, that means I can't sin. That means I'm not supposed to sin. So, what it means to walk in the light means to right live live a Christian life, live righteously, live according to what God wants. Does that mean you're going to be perfect? No, because all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3 23. And clearly here in 1 John 1, we see that. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We obviously do have sin. But how can we walk in the light if we have sin? Look at verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so walking in the light, all so we can see here that walking in the light does not mean perfection. Because that's why Jesus came here and lived and died in the first place. Because we couldn't be perfect, and Jesus was perfect. And so his holy blood covers us as long as we walk in the light and makes us holy and perfect before god and so walking in the light means that you do your best and when you do mess up don't try to hide it and don't feel proud and don't come and like not confess your sin to god or anybody else but confess your sin we need to confess our sin because if we do what verse 9 promises god is faithful and, he, and he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, I'm going to reiterate it one more time. Walking in the light does not mean perfection. It means that we're striving toward perfection, but it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect because you're not going to be. But it just means that you're genuinely trying. We'll see in First John chapter 2 next Thursday, Lord willing, if we get to do that study, what John means. You know, you have to do your best to obey the commandments of God. And Sometimes you're going to mess up and so then you just have to pray for forgiveness and try to do better the next time And so why is John so worried about writing about the incarnation of Jesus? Well, obviously again, we're going to talk about it in later episodes. There are apparently these uh, these Gnostic teachers That's the name of these guys. I'll go ahead and tell you their name there was this group of false teachers in the early church called Gnostics. They were Gnostic believers. And they they basically were deny they were basically saying that Jesus never really came as a man. He was just kind of like a spirit who appeared and gave the appearance as if he was a man, but he was really just a spirit. Um, and so John is trying to combat this and be clear with people that know Jesus Jesus was an actual human being. He was real, and he was flesh and blood, and he lived here. And another thing is, too, is that's literally the message of the gospel. Jesus, you know, why is John so worried about writing about the incarnation of Jesus? Because that is the gospel. Because we were imperfect, right? We were sinful, and we were destined for, for doom and hell. But Jesus came, became a human, and lived a holy and perfect life that we could not live and died for us and rose again from the grave. That is why John is so worried about writing about the incarnation of Jesus, because if Jesus didn't actually come as a human being and live and die for us, then our then we would have no real salvation, and the gospel wouldn't be true. I mean, Paul kind of talks about that in 1 Corinthians 15. Um, if Christ has not been raised, if Christ had not died and all this stuff, then all of our preaching is in vain. And so that is why John is making an effort to really lay out the incarnation of Jesus and what true Christianity looks like. You know, and so another question I think about is, what does John say true fellowship entails? Uh, true fellowship means that you walk in the light. True fellowship means that you pray for the forgiveness of your sins, and that you do your best to proclaim Jesus, right? And that you proclaim that God is life. That's or light. That is what fellowship entails. That is what fellowship is all about. And again, why does John say he's writing, right? And what does that mean? Why is John saying he's writing and what does that mean? He says that he's writing so that our joy may be complete. And what does that mean? I believe the joy is the joy in our Lord. The joy that can be complete is that we can have joy and confidence that we believe in the truth of Jesus Christ, that we are walking in the light as he is in the light. We can take joy because if we're doing the things and we're obeying the message that John is writing here that's coming from God and from Jesus— then we can feel confident about our salvation and that we can trust our lives and we can trust God because God is faithful. And so, I think a big takeaway from, as we're concluding this episode, a big takeaway for this first episode of Thursday Thoughts is uh, basically three things. Number one being that Jesus was a real person, that he did live, and he did die for us. Number two is that in order to have fellowship with Jesus, we have to walk in the light as he is in the light. By proclaiming the word, by loving people, by receiving forgiveness from our sins. And then number three, part of that part we have to realize is that walking in, walking in the light as he is in the light, being in fellowship with him, does not mean that you have to be perfect. But it does mean that you have to do your best to seek out that perfection and to walk in the light as he is in the light. And that when you do mess up, you need to confess your sins. We, whenever we all mess up, because every single one of us sin, we have to confess our sin and do our best to live holy and righteous lives. I want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope that this has been encouraging for you, and I'm excited to continue studying First John and learning about the Word together, and let's continue to walk in the light as He is in the light. Praise God.